0: The cold iron bars pressed through the pillow. Nothing was comfortable to her now, not leaning back nor lying down on the mattress, on which, in the first year of their marriage, they had taken one another over and over again, the window open in spring and summer to their cries, to the calls of peewit and lamb, the scents of grass and heather. The window was tight shut now. They had told her that fresh air was crucial— that if she insisted on staying at home, it should be open day and night. But no, it was too cold. It was intolerable. She shifted just a little, reached for the bowl of porridge. Every movement had to be made so slowly. Every breath felt dangerous. He soaked her stained nightgown and sheets in a bucket, hung them over the range. She sat on the chair and watched him remake the bed again and again. He helped her to wash, to brush her teeth. He took down the washstand jug and basin, and the chamber pot. Don't draw the curtains, she murmured sometimes at night, when he had done all these things, climbed the stairs and undressed and gone to the window. He got carefully in beside her, turned out the paraffin lamp, lay still. He took her hand. They turned to look out at the stars, It felt as if it were the last thing left they could do together. Not every day was difficult. She had rested and rested. This, as she had been told over and over, was what she must do. If she were in the sanatorium, they told her, if she were sensibly over in the sanatorium near Barrisford, that was what she would do. If she and if he insisted that she stay at home, then rest was essential. No exertion, nothing, not even washing a teacup. Eating was what was needed, to keep her strength up. So he cooked, and she did nothing all spring and summer. He could manage, he told her in term time, and in the holidays what else would he want to do but bring her back to health? On good days he took one of the chairs his father had made as a wedding present when no one was thinking of illness. Why should they be thinking of that? and put it by the kitchen door he had made himself that first year. And she sat there and watched him, digging in fitful spring sun. Clouds blew over the moor and Curlew called. Sturdy sheep trotted up the track with their lambs from the farm below. White-faced cheviots bred for this particular stretch of the moor, as all Northumbrian sheep were bred for their own patch. The farmer lifted his cap, stopped, called his dog too, while they talked about sheep and the weather, and she looking stronger now. And broad beans and potatoes were in flour. Those onions doing well. Look at that. That was a good sign. It grew warmer. She brought out her sewing bag again and stitched in the summer sun, making a quilt from scraps left over from bedspread and curtains. A small one because there weren't that many scraps, and one day, oh, one day, they might have a baby at last. He dug up potatoes, brought them into the kitchen in a box, and she heard him pour rainwater over them in the sink. She heard him scrape another chair over the tiles, and turned to smile at him as he set it down beside her on the turf, and cleared her throat. And then, a scarlet spray, as fine as pinpricks, speckled the quilt. And then, there was suddenly more. And then everyone said it was madness to go on living up here. She should be in the sanatorium, flooded with light and air from the wide open windows, and doctors on call and nurses to nurse you. You silly lass. So he wouldn't have to. It was too much for him. Surely it was. They all said it, in letters which Stephen picked up after school from the box on a tree at the bottom of the track. Her mother writing from Corbeck, his mother from Burley Bank, Then came one from Miss Brierly. They wanted her back to health. The girls had never forgotten her. They sent their best wishes. They all did. Would it not be better to take advantage of the sanatorium, my dear? The district nurse, Miss Douglas, wheeling her bicycle up the track, taking her temperature, shaking her head. She said it too. Look at you, Margaret Coulter. She brought the spotted mirror to the bed, showed her the thin white face. Eyes huge in dark sockets, the colour on her cheekbones bright as blood. Hectic, we call that colour, she said, taking the mirror away as she closed her eyes.